You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. It's 11 o'clock at night. It's dark. You're sitting in front of the mirror getting ready for bed. There's nobody else in the house. You see something move in the corner of your eye. You glance to your right, but you don't see anything. Another minute goes by, and you think you see movement again. So you slowly turn to your left, but again, the room is empty. You turn back around, and staring you face to face in the mirror is a cat. You jump back, because you don't have a cat, and there's no cat in the room. But there he is, staring at you in the mirror. Welcome to Paranormal Pets, where you can always expect the unexpected. Each week, we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters, ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls, animal angels, and animals in religion, with a little cryptozoology thrown in. Now, step into the supernatural world of pets with your Paranormal Pets ghostly host, Brandy Stark. Hello and welcome to Paranormal Pets. I'm your host, Brandy Stark, and on this episode, we are interviewing Tim Mayo, who has written a book called The Endless Road, but is also a paranormalist and is going to share some of his supernatural stories about paranormal pets and a little bit about one of the fundraisers that he does to help animals. And we'll actually get started with that right after these messages. Time for something really scary. A word from our sponsors. Paranormal pets will reappear before you can say Bigfoot. Don't run away. I love cleaning the litter box, said no one ever. Luckily, there's World's Best Cat Litter, the litter that promises less mess with less litter. Only World's Best Cat Litter uses the concentrated power of corn to quickly trap odors in tight clumps. And quick clumping means you never have to chisel or scrape the box. Less cleanup with less wasted litter? That's a litter bit amazing. Save $2 on World's Best Cat Litter. Visit www.saveonworldsbest.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Did you hear that? Our commercials have mysteriously disappeared. Paranormal Pets is back with our haunted host, our ghost host, Brandy Stark. And welcome back. On this episode, we are talking with Tim Mayle. Tim's bio is that in January 2008, he helped to found Fox City's Paranormal Team. And basically, it's come along very quickly and it's come very far. The journey started when Tim bought a home in Oshkosh, Wyoming, back in October of 2006. Within weeks, he was experiencing footsteps, voices, and shadows. Having never dealt with the paranormal, it had him concerned. Tim came across some paranormal television shows and he tried to contact teams in his area His hope was to get answers and better understand what was happening in his home. He couldn't get a return email and decided to educate himself on the subject. Over a year later, 
more comfortable with the paranormal, Tim decided he would try to help others who are having the same issues that he had. In the last eight years, some amazing things have happened, and Tim has had the good fortune to meet many great people in this field. It was an invite to the 2009 Ohio Paranormal Convention that provided Tim with the confidence that he and his team were doing a good thing. Now, for this episode, Tim has written a book called The Endless Road, and we're going to start talking about that a little bit. So, Tim, how are you doing today? I'm doing very well. How are you? Uh, Well, uh, as I mentioned uh, right before we started recording, we're doing pretty well. There's just some landscapers outside, so you'll hear a few of my own paranormal pugs making a few noises, and I apologize for that, but most of the listeners at this point are ready for that, I think. I think they make noise every episode. They're pugs is what they do. So this is a, a second book for you. Is that correct? It's technically a second book. It's more of a continuation, maybe a, a part two <laughs> The original book, uh, I came out with the original book, although the paranormal in, in 2013, and everything really took off for me after that. And there had been so many new things that had happened, and, and I just wanted to update and include, you know, some of the things that we'll be talking about today. Uh, you know, Potographs for Pooches just absolutely blew up, and that was uh, right after I had written the book. So it was important to me to uh, spread the word uh, of the charity and, uh, you know, get some new stories out to people. and. And if you didn't read the first book, that's okay. The second book covers all the stuff you need to know. So what inspired you to write books? I wish I had a good answer for you. (laughs) I think it really came down to my story being unique and wanting to share the things that happened to me in my life. At a very young age, my dad was hit by a truck and spent six and a half years in a coma Mm. and uh, passed away when I was 15. And the reason that's important is because Some 15, 16 years later, he was the first spirit that I ever dealt with. I was going through some major depression, and uh, Dad came to help. And uh, a little dog named Murray did also. Oh, um, so who is Murray? Can you tell us a little bit more about that? When I bought my home here in Wisconsin, I had made up my mind that I wanted to get a dog. Mm -hmm. My first home, and growing up, we always had dogs. And Being in an apartment, I never had the opportunity. So it was important to me that I I get a dog, and I wanted to go get a yellow lab because my uncle had a yellow lab, and I was absolutely infatuated with that yellow lab. I started looking online, and I found a yellow lab pit bull mix, and he had been severely beaten, the puppy. He was six months old. The rescue had gone in and and gotten him out of the home. Uh, They actually tried to talk me out of going to see him because he didn't like that at the time. And I was coming out of some very difficult things. I was going through severe depression at the time. And I went and saw him, and it was out of a fairy tale. Uh, he came and jumped into my arms, and we've been best buddies ever since. The reason we're so close is because my depression nearly got the best of me in 2007, and I, I attempted suicide. And the only reason I'm here today is because I happened to leave the door open, and I felt something on my arm. And I looked down, and it was Murray. And I was looking up at me with his big brown eyes. And, and at that point in time, it snapped me out of it. Mm-hmm. And it just, uh, everything made sense. And I knew I needed to be here. He needed me just as much as I needed him. And since that day, we've been more like father and son, not, not owner and dog. 
I can understand. Actually, you've hit on a couple of different things. One is is the occurrence of family, which I've I've written several articles about. I'm not really a sensitive, even though I do paranormal investigation, but I'll be darned, my family hasn't shown up. And they, they just tend to do that. And parents are very, very active. My mother is my neighbor next door. And in fact, she is currently babysitting the puggle Penelope because Penelope was just too loud for this podcast. But there is something about that. And I, you know, my mother's already told me, oh, I'll be visiting you. <laughs> so I'm, I'm always remember that with family. How did Murray respond to your father? Did he sense him as well? It was weird because up until that point, I was the only one that was experiencing things. You know, my friends would come over to the house and, and nothing ever happened. I felt so crazy. Mm-hmm. And uh, the instant I brought Murray home, he started following around the things I was hearing. And it made me feel sane that a living being was seeing what I was hearing. And it sounds it sounds ridiculous, but it made me feel normal. You know, and, and I really tried to get other teams in here and, and I guess it was a blessing in disguise that they didn't come in here because if they had come in and explained the activity away then maybe I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing today. Mm-hmm. And actually I, I have told folks I have special cases where I will take my elder pugs Achilles and Odysseus and before them I had another paranormal pug named Odyssey and we would do cases where the entities were not dangerous homeowners were there and were okay I have been to the property I mean I've got this list of things that I look at and of course I don't force them to go anywhere they don't want to go but I've always told people that if my pugs agree that there is something going on you know if they all look at the door and they all want to go I'm going with them because they they do seem to have this sense and particularly with they have no street smarts whatsoever. So if they all agree they want to go out with all these divergent persons I have, you know, it does kind of give you a sense of, I agree, it it gives you a sense that, okay, I, I know there is something going on. If they're sensing it and I'm feeling it, then we're going. But they're very powerful. Pets are incredible. I think with the the bond and the unconditional love that they offer us. So that's kind of how you you ended up getting your start in the paranormal. You mentioned that you do have a couple of paranormal stories. Can we start with one? Is there one that really kind of struck you as interesting when it came to an animal and an interaction with the supernatural? The biggest interaction I've had with the, with the spirit animal is actually in my home. I haven't run into it all that much uh, during the investigations that we've done. We did encounter what we thought was the spirit of a dog at a home, but it was it was very brief. And the spirit that we encountered here was our Sasha. We had adopted Sasha at 13 years old. She had been dumped at the Humane Society, 13-year-old black lab. And uh, we went through the procedures, and we were chosen as her family. And she came in here, and for 11 months, she was the perfect dog. I absolutely fell head, head over heels for Sasha. She was amazing. Unfortunately, after 11 months, she developed a brain tumor, and we had to make that awful decision. And in uh, that 11 months, she... I mean, she had me wrapped around her paw. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. ridiculous. Uh, I, I miss her to this day, and it's been almost a year and a half. But the day after she passed away, every member of this family heard her. It was as if she was coming back to say, I'm fine. I'm still here. And, uh, you know, it was. she had this way about her. She was almost the mother of her other two dogs. Anytime they would get out of line or start arguing, mm-hmm. she would just let out with a, a low growl and a little roof. And uh, she ran out. And Murray didn't have a problem with it. He he fell in line, and he absolutely adored her. It was a sad time, but also at the same point, uh, just knowing that she had come back to us, you know, the family that had her for 11 months instead of leaving and 
you know, there was a family out there that had her for 13 years. It was just a special moment for us that uh, she came back and, and let herself be known. And she still does it to this day. Really? I, I think as, as soon as about two or three weeks ago, uh, I was sitting in the living room and I heard her distinct bark. It was so loud that Murray went and looked for her. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah. So she comes back every once in a while and, and I have her ashes sitting on top of my desk and I talk to her. And, uh, she's just an amazing animal and it's a, it's a bond that you don't expect in that short period of time, but uh, just a special, special girl. Well, you know, and it's interesting because I appreciate that you adopt older as well. Both my mother and I do pug rescue, and my mother kind of specializes in the elder pugs. And I recently, about a, about a year ago, adopted an 11-year-old. My mother has adopted as old as 18, and I've never understood how, I mean, I can appreciate that they're put into rescue, but it just, it, it's always surprised me that a family could give a pet up after that length of time. There are some circumstances, though, but even in that short time that you have them, I mean, they're just, they're just fantastic. I mean, they, they have developed their own personalities. They're very individualistic. You know, they're not going to take what they don't want to take. I mean, it, they're very, I don't want to say entertaining, but they are. I mean, they're just fantastic little little people, essentially. I try to explain to folks that pugs are like children until they're 10 years old, and then they become old people, and they're going to do what they want. So you might as well just get used to it, you know? But the need for elder adoptions is very, very important. And I think it's a it's an issue that a lot of rescues and a lot of places like the Humane Society and the SPCA have to deal with. Because I I remember adopting a pug that was seven, and he was listed as a high-risk adoption because he was seven. And I thought, but he's not that old. Well, for the adoption circuit, he was considered an elder. And I'll be darned if he didn't live, you know, to be about 13 or 14. You know, so it's just... I can appreciate very much you're adopting an elder, and hey, I think she appreciated it too, particularly since she comes back to visit. I guess she's trying to make sure she's keeping everybody in line, you know? <laughs> Doesn't matter which side of the veil, she's still in charge. Yeah. Uh, so that's pretty neat. What is your uh, theory? I've, we've talked to several folks that have had uh, theories, uh, including animal communicators, about what happens or how long animals stay before they cross over. And then what happens to animals when they cross over? So do you have a theory on what happens with canines, you know, why they stay, how long they stay? Do you think they incarnate or do they reincarnate, I should say, or do they go to what's sometimes called doggy heaven? You know, are they waiting for us? What is your opinion on the pooch hereafter? Well, my opinion is more of a hope and it's selfish in nature. But I don't like it when people say, you know, they, they went to the Rainbow Bridge and, and they'll be waiting. My hope is that they're all where we are. You know, they have souls and, and, and honestly, dogs, cats, any animal, their soul is more innocent than ours ever could be. And uh, I hope that, you know, when Sasha, when Murray goes, that Sasha meets him and my dad's there and, and they take care of Murray until I'm there. And whenever I get there, boy, I hope we're all in the same place because otherwise I don't want to go. <laughs> I really don't. I, yeah, I agree. I understand. It's uh, you know it's a personal thing for me. You know, I, ever since that day in 2007, I, I pretty much lived every day being thankful for, for waking up. And there's not a day that goes by that I don't whisper in Murray's ear, "Thank you." You know, if he wouldn't have been there, I'm I'm sure I wouldn't be here today. So it's not so much a theory as it is a selfish, <laughs> a selfish hope and, and prayer. But I certainly think that their souls and their spirit go on. I don't know how long for how long. And for that matter, I've been doing this paranormal investigation thing for, what, nine years? And 
mm-hmm. I couldn't give you a real good answer on how long the human spirit <laughs> sticks around. So uh, that's one of those things that uh, I don't know if we'll ever know. Okay. In theory, I guess we'll eventually find out. It just will probably be an answer we don't convey too easily to the other side. It's kind of one of those mysteries that uh, you find out when it happens, you know. If it's okay with you, I think we'll go ahead and take a quick break. And when we get back, we'll talk a little bit more about some paranormal animal stories. I'd like folks to know where they can get your book and a little bit more about your team. And then we'll talk about your fundraiser coming up uh, since you'll be right across the bay in Tampa. So we'll do all of that when we get back right after these messages. Now, time for something really scary. A word from our sponsors. Paranormal pets will reappear before you can say Bigfoot. Don't run away. July 25th, 2006, we adopted April. She's a purebred, orange and white, Brittany. But when she started scratching like crazy, I said to John, it's got to be her food. You know, what you put into a dog is what you get out. We heard this radio commercial, and this woman was so excited about Dynavite. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. 859-428-1000. I said to John, I'm getting this. So the Dynavite comes, and I thought, a light bulb moment. She loves her dog food. She always leaves a little bit in her bowl. So we added a huge scoop of Dynavite in it, and then we swished it around like gravy. She dove into that bowl. She licked it clean. She loved it. So that's been the routine for almost 10 years. April gets Dynavite for dessert. Her coat is now soft. It's silky. It's smooth. She even walks like a little princess. 859-428-1000. On Dynavite. She's Little Miss Hollywood. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. It's designerpetsweaters.com. Hand-knitted designer sweaters for your precious pup or cool cat. Beautiful couture patterns for your pets, including custom-knitted formal wear, casual wear, yachting, and even sports-themed. Many designer pet sweaters include feathered tammy hats, top hats, and a lot of sparkle. Each sweater includes leg loops, front paw sleeves, and leash opening. Visit designerpetsweaters.com to order your four-legged fashions today. Your pets will stay warm for the winter and be runway ready. Large or small, we fit them all. Designerpetsweaters.com Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Did you hear that? Our commercials have mysteriously disappeared. Paranormal Pets is back with our haunted host, our ghost host, Brandy Stark. And welcome back. Tim Mail is our guest on today's podcast. He has been telling us a little bit about his experiences with the paranormal and some rather great stories about pet adoption and the pet hereafter. Uh, do you have any any other paranormal pet stories to add? I wish I did. Uh, most of my paranormal pet stories involve Sasha. We did an investigation in Green Bay real quickly. I can cover it. Uh, there wasn't much to it, quite honestly. It was it was one of those two or three second things where. You know, you're looking straight at something, and it was as if, as if I saw, I don't even know how to describe what kind of or breed of dog it was. It, it was a larger dog that was white, and it was walking through the basement of its home, and it stopped all of us. Wow. <laughs> and uh, it, it was, 
it was very, very early in my paranormal investigation career, I guess. It was, I think I'd only been doing this for maybe a year, year and a half. And quite honestly, I didn't know how to react. You know, it's one of those things where you don't know how you react until it happens. Mm-hmm. And when it happened, unfortunately, I froze. So uh, I would hope that if it happens again, with a little more seasoning under my belt, that you know, the reaction may be a little different. But uh, it was just uh, one of those things where you froze, froze me in my tracks and I didn't know how to react. Now, did you see the dog clearly or was it a shadow figure? It was very clear, but it was only for two or three seconds and then it was gone. Well, that is pretty interesting. We've done some podcasts and I have a page on shadow animals because that's a phenomena that it's kind of like shadow people. They're fairly enigmatic and we don't quite know what they're doing or why, but they're they're seen as shadows, but they're almost always seen with a sense of running or panic or scrambling, possibly as an offshoot of you know the hat men or the shadow men. Not quite the same because, of course, the shadowmen usually engender pure terror, but it doesn't sound like it was a shadow animal. It does sound very much like a manifestation. And hey, good for that dog. You know, at least uh, it made itself known. It probably was checking everybody out. And my guess would be if it didn't stay, y'all passed, (laughs) you know, so you made it through. That's pretty remarkable. Now, before we leave the topic entirely, The Endless Road comes in paperback. Folks can get it on Amazon. Are there other locations where people can get it? Or is there any more information that you want to to tell people about this? Folks can get it from from myself at events. Uh, Wherever I speak, I bring the book. uh, Other than that, yes, on Amazon and search The Endless Road. Uh, by Tim Miley, and uh, that's M-A-I-L-E, and uh, it's I think it's priced at nine ninety nine right now, and and through next Tuesday, all book sales uh, at uh, uh, March seventh, all book sales, um, the proceeds are going to go to the Tampa Bay Humane Society. So oh, I get nothing, <laughs> I get nothing for the book, but I like it that way. Amazon takes care of that, but uh, everything that would come to me is going to the Tampa Bay Humane Society. That is fantastic. And um, you do not live in Florida, correct? So you're going to, you're making a special trip down here, in fact, for the Tampa event. Yeah. Uh, I started Podographs for Pooches about three years ago. And it really was just to, to uh, give Murray a legacy, mm-hmm. I suppose. Uh, I wanted people to understand how special he was. And I wanted people to remember him. And it was a very, very small idea at the time. It was my wife who took, took photos of Murray and I. And Murray <laughs> would photograph them. And we had a stamp made of his paw, and he photographs every photo. Oh, and wow. I personalized in that event. Mm-hmm. And we were charging $10, and we had very, very small <laughs> dreams for this for this charity. Mm-hmm. And here in three years, we've raised $10,000 now. Uh, we've oh, started to do... We started to do photographs uh, exclusive events where some of my paranormal friends and I, we get together at a location, we do lectures, and then we do an investigation. Mm-hmm. And everything we raise goes to an animal shelter in the area. Mm-hmm. And I have some friends in Florida, and they said, why don't you come on down and put together an event, and we'll raise some money for the Tampa Bay Humane Society. So uh, that's what we're doing. April 1st, uh, it's a Saturday. We're going to be uh, doing lectures from 2 to 8, and then... 10.30 to 1.30, we're going to investigate the historic Tampa Theater. And oh, very good. More information, and you can go to uh, com. And uh, very proud of where this is this has gone. And, and like I said, I never imagined uh, that it would have the success that it has. People have gotten behind it, and I've gotten a chance to travel and spread the word. And you know, later in April, we got an event in Michigan and talking to people in Ohio uh, for, a, for an event later in the year. So. 
yeah, we're, we're getting everywhere we can, and, and hopefully the event in Tampa Bay is uh, very, very successful, and we can continue to do these Podographs exclusive events. That's really great. And actually, yes, if you can send me, I know you've posted a flyer. I need to get it again. I'm over here in St. Pete, but many years ago, actually, 2002 to 2007, I believe, uh, the Spirits of St. Petersburg, we were actually the unofficial official paranormal team for the Tampa Theater. We worked with the uh, the prior marketing person. We actually did do a, an event or two over there. It was really, really fun. That theater is just absolutely fantastic. So I will try to promote it to St. Peria's just to let them know. That would I appreciate be- that. Thank you. Oh, sure. Absolutely. Okay. So... Do you have any concluding remarks? Is there anything that you want to leave people with, an impression or an idea as we kind of wind up our podcast? We didn't talk about the paranormal team very much, but I, I want to give them some credit. Uh, Fox City's paranormal team, I'm blessed to work with a great group of people. Uh, they make me look very, very good, and their hard work makes it very easy for me to, to go around and, and talk about what we've done. I'm still very, very uh, devoted to paranormal investigations, but I have had the fortune, the good fortune, of using whatever notoriety I have in this field and, and trying to do some good with it. And I've kind of become the dog guy in the paranormal, and, and I'm okay with that. So, uh, you know, the paranormal team is always going to be a passion, but as long as I can raise money for the animals, kind of be a voice for the voiceless, I suppose, uh, I'm going to do that. So. Uh, it's something that uh, I hope people will check out, uh, you know, Podographs for Pooches. It's also on Facebook. And uh, I just thank you so much for, for the opportunity to uh, be able to tell my story. Wonderful. Now, let's do this one more thing. Can people contact you directly if they want to make donations, or can they find your team with a website? The team website is foxcitiesparanormalteam.com. Okay. You're better off just actually finding me on social media, mostly Facebook, just Tim. And then the last name is M-A-I-L-E. Uh, just contact me on there. I answer every message I get. So if you're interested in the event or you're interested in helping out in any way, uh, contact me there and uh, we'll move forward. That is wonderful. Well, I thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us and uh, to add to our paranormal knowledge, particularly on animals. And at this point, I'm just going to remind folks out there, yes, please do support your local rescues and your shelter organizations. Please adopt. As we discussed earlier, please adopt elders. They definitely need a home and they are just absolutely fantastic. They're good characters. They're good company. Uh, You've heard some good stories here today. I'm sure I've shared stories with you over the years about the elder pugs and the way they just managed to take over the household, just like they have tonight. If you'd like to learn more about uh, St. Petersburg Ghost Hunting, feel free to check out uh, the Spirits of St. Petersburg.com. We have recently retooled that website and uh, have combined both St. Petersburg Paranormal Investigation and the Spirits of St. Petersburg together. Apparently, my pugs need my attention, so at this point, we are going to go ahead and sign off and thank Tim one more time for being on here. Uh, happy haunting, and we look forward to seeing you with the next episode. Pet Life Radio presents Paranormal Pets, where you can always expect the unexpected. 
Each week we'll discuss all aspects of weird or spiritual animal encounters, ghosts, totems, psychic animals, animal souls, animal angels, and animals in religion, with a little cryptozoology thrown in. Step into the supernatural world of pets every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.